Now, let's, let's face it, shall we? I think we live in a uh, society where it feels like we're, we're kind of under this constant pressure to just keep producing and, and to justify our worth and our value, whether it's in a company, a corporation, maybe, maybe even on a team, that if we're not producing as we should, man, man we're, we're in trouble. We're, we're on the verge of that chopping block, so to speak. And so we need to, to, to stay relevant, don't we? And, and not only be up with the current trends. I mean, the expectation is there is that, that we're the ones who are creating the next trend. What, well, what's coming up next? What's new? What's the latest, greatest? And there's, there's always that pressure to produce. And, and so what we do, we pour ourselves in, into our work, and we, we try to create this project. And, and you come up with something, an idea, and you're just so excited about it. And you share that idea that you've been working on with another coworker or, or maybe in a friend. And, and all of a sudden, they, they maybe give you a little bit of affirmation, but, but they kind of dismiss it and push it to the side like, like it really doesn't matter that much. And, and, and it seems to kind of take the wind out of your sails because you thought in the back of your mind, well, I got it. This is a new thing. and This, this is the latest, greatest. This is going to bring about a, a change. So you kind of forget about it for a while, put it on the back burner until one day you're sitting around a group of people and that same person that, that you shared your idea with starts talking about an idea that, that sounds somewhat familiar. Maybe it's kind of packaged a little bit differently, but for all intents and purposes, it's, it's, it's what you, you shared. And, and at first you're thinking, man, man, that sounds like a great idea, but, but wait, that idea is mine. That's your idea, the one that you've been working on, the one that you poured yourself into, the one that you shared with them, or, or maybe it was a conversation over a phone call, and, and you said, well, well, have you thought about this? Or, or, you know, I've been thinking about this, and those things that you talked about, well, that person now is claimed as their own. And there they sit, taking credit for something that you did or something that you said, pretending that that idea was their own. And there you sit, kind of in shock and disbelief, like, like, is this really happening to me? Maybe, maybe there's a part of you that feels a little bit betrayed that, that someone else took credit for the thing that you had been working so hard on. And you're thinking to yourself, I poured all this time and energy into this. And now it's taken from me? That credit is taken away? And perhaps maybe, maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there right now. Or, or maybe it's in terms of a celebration or a party. Man, you, you've gotten the decorations out. The place looks fantastic. You, you shot, not only did the shopping, but you're the, actually the one who purchased the gift with your own money. You ordered and you picked up the, the cake and, and you battled the madness of the parking lot. And you wanted to make sure that everybody, every vegan and every dairy-free, gluten-free and carnivorous person has something to eat at that party. And you set it all out in this buffet. You even have colored, coordinated plates and napkins, not to mention you took your life in your hand when you, when you transported that, that, that Barbie balloon in the back seat of your car and is glaring at you as it's obstructing your view, right? And the person you put this party together for, the celebration, is just grinning ear to ear. They're loving it. And they say, thank you. This is the best day ever. And all of a sudden, someone else chimes in who absolutely had nothing to do with the day, even though you asked them to pick up something, but they couldn't because they didn't have time. Well, they just chime in and they say, you are so welcome. You know, there is nothing that we wouldn't do for you. You are worth it, all of our time. And you think, we? Right? Where was the we? It was, it was me. It was I. I did this stuff. And they took that credit that belonged to you. Perhaps you've been there. Perhaps that was your experience. Or how about this one? 
you're in a friend group or with some coworkers, something happens that just tees up the opportunity for the joke of all jokes. Yet instead of saying it loud enough for everybody to hear, you just kind of whisper it under your breath so that the person next to you hears it. And all of a sudden, they're the ones who are sharing that joke right in that moment, and they're getting that laugh that was rightfully yours. They said what you had said. Or maybe it's an insight or a word of wisdom that you shared as part of a meeting and somebody else simply repeats it or reiterates it later on in the meeting as if they came to this brilliant idea, this wonderful conclusion, and you're just thinking to yourself, well, well, that's what I just said. Wasn't anybody paying attention? You see, those moments can cause a seed of resentment and, and animosity, even a little bit of anger and bitterness to just kind of start to well up inside of us and, 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 and eat, erode at our spirits. And much like last week when, when I was talking about the two things you shouldn't talk about in church, like, like money and sin, I'm going to talk about something else that's going to get you riled up this morning. You ready for this one? It's actually just one two-word phrase. You ready to get a little bit of anxious angst within you? Group projects. Right? Group projects. You, you can feel it, right? Everybody's shaking their head. There's an audible groan. Why? Because I don't know anybody that likes group projects. The people that like group projects are probably the ones that just kind of slid by on the coat of somebody else's coattails. In fact, how many of us have ever felt that we were the ones who did the most work in the group project? How many of us have, have thought that, right? Absolutely. And I know you did because I believe it too. But anyway, right, there was not just that somebody claimed your work, but they got accolades. They got the same grade as you, yet they, they simply took the credit. You know, they didn't deserve what they got. And while the ex experience of group projects creates these skills that often go beyond the project itself, like, like the ability to, to deal with a team of underachievers or, or to delegate responsibility only to have to pivot or adjust timelines and, and to really lower your expectations of other people, that resentment remains. As you can tell, I am still having some resentment as I described uh, group projects like that, right? But maybe you're dealing with that this morning. Maybe there's a dealing with, a struggling with something right now where, where somebody's getting credit for something you did. Maybe you're seeing them get ahead in life because of something that you shared, something that, that you had been pursuing, but they kind of took hold up and took credit for. Maybe they're the ones who have stepped in where you should have had success. And if you're there, we need to remind each other that we're the ones who, who have, got, have grown the most. In our preparation, we not only prepared for that project, but the reality is we learned more and more things to better ourselves. We not only gain knowledge, but we gain valuable lessons. And even when others take that credit, you know what? Those things can never be taken from us, even though that credit may be taken away. Besides, Romans chapter 12, verse 19 reminds us, it says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And, and, and I am certain that this was a direct reference to group projects in the Bible. First reference. Yet it's, still, it's a tough pill to swallow when somebody else takes credit. It's with this in mind that I want to ask you a question this morning. How is your credit score? How's your credit score? And I'm not talking about your finances here. I'm talking about taking and giving credit. Are you focusing on more on what credit is taken from you? Or are you focusing on the credit that you're giving? 
And I want you to think about that for a second. Are you focusing more on the credit that's been taken from you, or are you focusing on the credit that you're giving? What, what's the percentage? You, you see, it's easy to point out when credit has been taken from us. But how are we acknowledged when, when we take the credit that's due to somebody else? And it's not just a matter of not taking somebody else's credit, but, but how can we be intentional about uplifting them in the, in the presence of others? You see, it's not just good enough to remain quiet and they get the credit that they deserve, but what would it mean for us to uplift them in the presence of, of those around us? Don't let that opportunity pass you by. Or maybe there's a part of us that thinks in the back of our mind, well, well if I uplift them in this moment and I celebrate what they're doing, Maybe, maybe somebody else will think that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and then I'll get in trouble. You see, that's the wrong way to look at things. Because the reality is that when we lift up others, it also shows a direct correlation of our character and it reflects on who we are. That when we uplift somebody else in the presence of others, it's amazing what that does for the perception of somebody else towards us. You know, see, what if we thought about life much like that, that award show in the children's message today, what if we thought about life where, where we have an opportunity each and every day to uplift somebody, to offer a word of thanks, to, to offer a word of encouragement, to tell them how much of a blessing they, they have been to us and, and how they encourage us, or simply to say, you know what, I, I see the work that you're doing on that project, you know, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you because I know how much work and I can't imagine how much work that is. And maybe you need to hear that word of encouragement for your life right now. Maybe you're just plugging along. Maybe you're just digging through. Maybe you're just, just get, it, it, feeling like you're surviving. What if somebody said that word of encouragement to you that rather than taking credit, they decided to give you credit for what you're doing? Imagine the impact not only on somebody's attitude and spirit, but imagine that word and that impact on your own. Rather than thinking in terms of what credit has been taken, thinks in terms of what credit we can give. In our text for today, from 2 Samuel chapter 12, for those who are just joining us, uh, we're, we're plowing through our series on 2 Samuel entitled Sift, and, and it's amazing some of the things that, that well up through this, this often uh, over, overlooked uh, piece of the scripture. But we read how Joab, who was the commander of David's army, he took the royal city. And we read in verse 27 how Joab sent messengers to David. And he said, I fought against Rabbah. Uh, moreover, I've taken the water city, known as Atlantis, uh, just to let you guys know. Okay, I'm just seeing if you're with me this morning. Probably not Atlantis. But wouldn't that be cool if like, the whole world just kind of came together in this one text? But look at what Joab said, verse 28. Now then, gather the rest of the people together and encamp against the city and take it, or I myself will take the city and it will be called by my name. You see, Joab had an opportunity, right, to easily take credit for the victory. He had an opportunity to have his name up in lights and memorialized forever, but in that moment, Joab pointed to David and gave him credit as king. In your life right now, is there somebody that you need to be pointing to? to give a word of credit? Is there somebody in your life right now that you know in your heart of hearts that, that you should be uplifting, that you should be uh, building up as you go about your day? Who deserves a word of affirmation or recognition for their work? 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, right? It says, let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need. And maybe you know somebody who's in need of that word of encouragement. Maybe you know somebody who, who is in need of that recognition for, for a job well done or just a day-to-day tasks that often seem mundane and maybe even a little bit meaningless. You see, we are immersed in a culture that is quick to point out failures and flaws that craves credit for success and when things go as well. Not, not only credit for the things they've done, but also for the credit of somebody else that they've done. And, and I'm not going to only eat your donut, in other words. I'm going to eat somebody else's donut as well. And I'm going to try to get as many donuts as I can. See, see, that's what taking credit looks like because we could never get enough. And the crazy part about it is that we think we're getting ahead, that we're building a portfolio, but basically all the while what we're doing is we're tearing out the page out of somebody else's coloring book and we're taking credit for the work that they've done, that they poured in. So what would it mean for us to give credit where credit is due? And maybe you're facing a scenario at work. Maybe there's a scenario on your sports team. Maybe, maybe within theater somewhere, wherever that might be, what would it mean to give credit where credit is due? If there's another layer to this whole thing, it's not just about our relationship with one another. It's also in terms about our relationship with God because the same thing can happen when it comes to our relationship with him and his movement in our lives. You see, we can become all annoyed and embittered when credit is taken from us, but when we take a step back and think about it, what is the credit that we are giving God on a daily basis for his work and movement in our lives? Are we pointing to self and our own achievements? Are we taking the time to point to God and to thank him and to praise him for the blessings in his lives? You see, we're quick to point to self. Yet it's God who gives us the opportunities. It's God who gives us the abilities. It's God who gives us the capacity, mind, body, and spirit. It is God who blesses us with the gifts and talents. You see, we are just a vehicle. So the question is, are we taking the credit or are we giving God the credit, our glory and praise? Acts chapter 17, verse 24 simply puts it this way. It says, for in him we live and move and have our being. In other words, all that we have, all that we are, is a gift and a blessing of God that he's poured out to us. And it's not about me and what I've done. It's about what God is doing in and through my life. And we got to get that straightened up. We got to get that mentality that is not what I've done. But sometimes we forget, right? We have this mentality of, of I have what I have because of all my hard work. I have paid my dues. I have put in my time. I have X, Y, Z years of experience and education. You know what? I, we even say it time and time again. I've paid my dues time after time. I've, com- I've done my sentence but committed no crime. And bad mistakes, you know, I've made a few. You know, I've had my share of sand kicked in my face, but, but I've come through. And we mean go on and on and on and on. We are the champions, my friend. Did anybody catch that? No, I, I was hoping. Full disclosure, those are the lyrics for We Are the Champions, great queen song, but, but I, I didn't write that, okay? Full disclosure. But isn't that our mentality? By my strength, by my grit, by what I have done, 
by me picking myself up by my own bootstraps, but you know, just kind of getting on my day. I'm the one who did it. I'm the one who had it. Zechariah chapter four, verse six, turns this mentality on his head. He says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's not about us. It's about what God is doing in and through us. There's someone else who deserves the credit, and not only the credit, but all of our worship and all of our praise. So the fourth chapter of the book of Daniel contains one of my most favorite stories about taking credit and not giving credit where credit is due. King Babylon uh, was walking on the roof of his royal palace, and the king said, is this not magnificent Babylon, which, which I have built as a royal city? Now watch this, by my mighty power and by my glorious majesty, where is he putting the focus? He's putting it on himself. And he's not only putting the focus on himself, but he's saying, you know what? I'm, it's, it's for my glory. It's for my majesty. You know, let's look at what happens next. While the words were still in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, the kingdom kingdom has departed from you. You shall be driven away from human society, and your dwelling shall be with the animals of the field. You see, there's there's physical representation of a spiritual problem. There's the physical representation of a spiritual problem. In fact, he is going to go out in the fields and it says, you shall eat grass like the oxen and seven times shall pass over you until you have learned that the Most High has sovereignty over the kingdom of mortals and gives it to whom he will. Now watch this. Immediately the sentence was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. But there's a change that takes place in verse 34. It says, when that period was over, when that time of him living in the field, eating as animals would eat, right? I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason was returned to me. I blessed the Most High and praised and honored the one who lives forever. So at the end of this, as there was this spiritual disconnect, as he took the credit, right? All of a sudden, he comes to his senses and says, you know what? It's not about me. It's about God. And I need to give him the rightful place and praise in my life. In fact, I'm going to encourage you to read that passage of Scripture and reflect on that passage as part of your spiritual practice this week. And don't worry, it'll come at the end of the message. But I want you to hear something loud and clear. Listen to this. God gives us grace and calls us his children. Yet when things go well in our lives, we can easily forget to praise him and to give him credit. Those are the most beautiful words, right? It's a good reminder. And I wish I had said it. Full disclosure, I didn't write that. Abby Sonstegard, who actually writes content for worship, uh, actually wrote that, and she prepared our hearts for that. So for those of you who don't get that, that weekly email that prepares our hearts for worship, please sign up for that because it gets us ready for what we're gonna be hearing about in worship. And I had to give church credit where credit is due. And the same thing is true with our relationship with God. Because here's the deal, as we recognize and as we acknowledge that the hand of God is at work in our lives, we will be blessed. And for those of us who are struggling to see the hand and the work and the movement of God in our lives, maybe we're too focused, right, on on seeing what credit is being taken rather than giving the credit. Because when we give the credit to God, our eyes and our hearts will be opened to the movement and the presence of his spirit. So before we take our offering today, I want to leave you with one last story. 
It's actually from 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10 through 14. Uh, and it captures the story of uh, David's collecting for the temple. The temple uh, was not yet built. And uh, in fact, David wouldn't be the one who would build the temple. It would actually be built by, by his son Solomon. And the first thing that David provides, however, is he provides uh, from his own riches. Then he challenges the leaders of the people. Then he challenges the people themselves. He said, asks in verse 5, who then will offer willingly, consecrate themselves today to the Lord? Basically, hey, who's on board with this project and what is our response going to be? And that question prompted the whole assembly to give a free will offering, gold, silver, bronze, iron, precious stones, Bitcoin, whatever they had in their pocket, Pokemon cards, right? Then the people rejoiced because these had, these had given willingly, for with a single mind they had offered freely to the Lord. King David also rejoiced greatly. And now I want you to watch and look at this response. What did David do? Then David blessed the Lord in the presence of the assembly. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about his speech that caused and prompted everybody's hearts to give freely. It was because of God's work in and through that moment, and he simply pointed to God. And while the following verses are part of your spiritual practice as well this week, I want you to pick up at verse 14. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to make this free will offering? And read this next part with me, if you will. For all things come from you, and of your own have we given to you. You see, it's not about us. It's not about the credit we take, but it's about the credit that we give. Yeah, as we collect our offerings today, uh, whether we're here in this space, whether we're online um, or using the app, whatever that might be, we acknowledge God's goodness and his provision as part of our spiritual worship. In fact, in order to prepare our hearts a little bit uh, for this, um, I want to take a moment to, for you to sing together uh, the doxology. And, uh, and maybe you're familiar with it, but the doxology really acknowledges that God is the true source of blessing in our lives and is worthy of our praise. And as we sing it together, um, I just pray that we would meditate on its words. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. So where's the credit? Who gets the praise? So do your spiritual homework for this week. A couple things I highlighted in the message. The first is I want you to read that response of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4, verse 34 through 36. And again, uh, of King David in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10 through 14. And after you read that, after you read these words of praise, after their, their hearts and their lives have been shifted, okay, what word of praise do I need to offer others? And what word of praise do I need to offer to God? And then this week, make a conscious effort to work on your credit score. Are you more focused on the credit that is being taken, or are you focusing on the credit that you're giving? And then the other piece is apply it. Praise someone publicly, whether it's on social media, in a group setting, or during a meeting, and then share. Reflect on that person's reaction, but also reflect on what it did for your, your heart. Rather than taking credit, how about we give credit? We give our worship. We give our praise. In his name we pray, amen.
ushers.